So, Dylan, in your time away, it has become... I have become a 25-year-old man. My birthday was a couple weeks ago, and... You know the best thing about being... Mazel tov, you ginger motherfucker. (laughs) The best part about being friends with a lot of, like, low-key wrestlers on Facebook is every once in a while, you will, in fact, get a message from $5 wrestling champion Freight Train just saying, Happy birthday, Scotty Moore. And I was like, fuck, what? Fuck yeah, Freight Train, thank you. Happy 25th birthday. And I'm like, oh, thank Freight Train, you glorious bastard. And then I went on Twitter like two days later and apparently Freight Train showed up at an NXT house show, like in Nashville or something, and Cassius Ono flipped his shit. He was like, all right, let's do some Freight Train! And he ran over and just like full on hugged him. And I just would love to be the people around Freight Train who has no idea who this big black motherfucker is. And then just Cassius runs down and assaults him. We never did have that se- that segment about the different different types of uh, of attire you can wear if you're a fat person in wrestling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and how Cassius Ono is at the most negative end of that scale. Yeah. Welcome to Fight Boys, ladies and gentlemen, the weekly podcast about professional wrestling and not-so-professional wrestling. I am your host, Scotty Moore, joined this week by the guy who's... the guy who's just always here. The king! The king of punctuality. It is the lord of the smart side, the Dylan. I feel like you can't say that when I take, like, weeks off, like, every month. (laughs) I feel like I have the Brock Lesnar schedule of this podcast. Yeah, you've got, like, the Brock or, like, Jericho in New Japan schedule. You've got that. yeah. We'll just bring him in. Meanwhile, you and and Blake are pulling, like, the Dean Ambrose workhorse shifts until (laughs) you eventually fall over. Well, no, no, I'm the Ambrose workhorse. You are the Brock Lesnar who shows up when he's needed, and Blake... He shows up, like, most of the time, but he kind of takes off every once in a while when he has to do a show. So I guess he's John Cena. (laughs) He is the Cena. He's like, hold on, guys, I gotta go do a movie. I gotta go do a movie about a bull, but I'll be back in a couple weeks, don't you worry. Oh, he's in a, he's in he he plays a dad in his next movie. I think it's called Blocked. No, oh, wait, okay. And there's a picture of a rooster on it, so it's cock-blocked. Uh, yeah, it's blockers. Blockers. Cock yeah. blockers. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a there's a there's a scene in the trailer where he's taking like he he's taking a beer bong up the ass. Yeah, he's butt chugging it. Butt chugging just... it, and then the other guy is butt chugging and and chugging a normal beer, and one and his friend says to John, he's like, "Oh man, he's spit roasting himself." And that's <laughs> better. That's better than anything that's actually going to be in the movie. So I feel like yeah. I don't have to see the movie now, which is very, very convenient for me because I don't have to see John Cena try to act. I really wish you didn't bring up the fact that it was cock blockers just so I could be like, yeah, man, Ferdinand looks fucking buck wild. <laughs> that scene where that bull butt chugs in the middle of like this frat party is amazing. Oh, man. Speaking of wrestlers and movies, I did see Jumanji <laughs> Welcome to the Jungle featuring Rock the Dwayne Johnson. And I swear to God, at one point, he hits the worst rock bottom of his career. (laughs) Because, like, there's this point, because, like, he's not technically The Rock. He is a small Jewish boy playing The Rock, which is the best thing I could ever say. And at one point, he's just like, all right, I gotta... (laughs) I need to see that movie. It's actually really good. And at one point, he... He has to get he has to like fight fight off this these hordes of oncomers and he like punch punch and then he just like hits this big like weak rock bottom he doesn't even fling out the legs he just picks them up and then bends at the waist I'm like all right rocky you tried you tried I'm proud of you listen he's only got so many left in him all right yeah um don't Tommy dreamer him <laughs> I've only got so many of those left in me boys I mean I feel um, like I, I feel like I heard Kevin Nash say that first cuz he was he was talking about how, uh, oh, he was talking about how he'd see kids at Im- uh, Impact doing like moon salts and shit, and he was like, he was like, oh, you only got so many of those left, man. Oh, hey, fun yeah. fact: Austin Aries appeared at the uh, appeared at the tapings tonight. Oh yeah, yeah, I-, I I read about that. Apparently, Aries is back. He's not just back though; he won the championship. Are you fucking serious? I missed that. God damn it! I actually yes in the <laughs> in the opening match. Oh. More than, li- like, that's my favorite is you were just like, before the show we were talking, you were like, 
yeah, Impact, I was like, Impact's back in Orlando. You're like, yep, and I'm not going, because there's nothing they could do. And I was like, I'm going to wait till the show to tell him the Aries is champion again. God damn it. Wait, like, is, he still, is he still doing the truth gimmick where he talks about how the WWE isn't bad and how, like, it was his fault and, like, all that shit that gets him booed everywhere? Aries? I don't think so. Uh, I don't know. Like, all I know is I saw Eli. apparently, Elias, no, um, Eli Drake was just like, I'm the best man that ever lived, dummy. Yeah. And then fucking Aries comes out and is like, I'm sorry, who did you just say is the greatest man that ever lived? And then I guess they set up a match and beat him. I've not read about it. It's just like there's there's this one Twitter account that uh, goes to like all the Orlando Impact tapings and will just tweet out spoiler number one LAX is here spoiler number two they say they're gonna take people in the back if they cheer loud Sp- spoiler number three and I'm like dude stop spoiler most number, of these spoiler number two uh, happens at every taping they've never taken anybody that's a that's a cheap. The cheap yeah. gimmick thing. The cheapest gimmick of all. However, it did end up getting my friend Bowdy on TV. He was just like, "Whoa!" And they put the camera right in his face, and exactly. it was just too, it was too close to, too close for comfort for me and Bowdy. <laughs> um, so I, I am interested. Apparently, you do not have, you have the same opinion on as me on the Woken gimmick. It's just it took me longer for it to happen than it did with you. No, no, no! It took till the second promo. I watched the second, oh, it took- pro- like a clip of the second promo, and I was like, "Is this? Is the is the end of this just thirty seconds of them laughing back and forth?" It is. Okay, this is officially dead to me. And- well, it's it's weird because those two were basically where I was like, "This isn't interesting." Then promo three, they had Matt talking to a fish. And I was like, oh, good. They're doing it right now, which is weird to say that they had the man talking to a fish. That's a step in the right direction. But then the next week, they immediately went back to just the laughing and shit. And it's just not, it's not working. Because I feel like the beauty of the broken character was how much exploration they did of just like, all right, he's crazy as fuck, but let's also bring in his family, his brother, his baby, his gardener. Now let's actually also analyze his home, his backyard, his pond, where he goes fishing. Like, that's what I loved about it. And now they're just like, no, no, no. All they like is him laughing. So much so that they didn't put, did in fact put 10 hours of Matt Hardy laughing on, uh, on their WWE YouTube page. They're just like, ah, yes, this is what you want from him, isn't it? It's like, no, it's not. Damn it, what we want is... That's the problem with WWE. They'll take one thing about a character and just shove it down your throat until you're sick of them. Case in point, Finn Balor before before the Good Brothers came with him. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the thing. They were like, demon, you like the demon, right? We're going to do the demon a lot, okay? We're going to just talk about the demon, demon, right? Demon? And then you were just like, well, fuck. I'm done with fuck, this. Fuck the demon. Fuck the demon. It, I mean, most of the females in that audience want to. Thanks, uh, fuck me, fan, is still my favorite <laughs> sign I've ever seen in a show. How did that make um, it into the... I still want to know how that made it into the arena. How did yeah. no one see that? How did nobody, like, point her out to the security and be like, I don't think that sign's appropriate for P- uh, TV 14 television. I'm pretty sure you can't say it, put face fuck on TV. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would love if they had, like, the little stencil letters you use to make signs with, mm-hmm. and they walked in with a bucket of them, and then in a blank sign, and they were just like, uh, ma'am? And it's like, it's okay, I'm just gonna, I-, I-, I didn't have time to make the sign, and then she goes inside and quickly puts it together, face fuck me finn and then when the security look i mean alliteration is is fun yes security looks at her she quickly swaps some letters around and now says like fight finn or something i just i think you know how letters work (laughs) i'm just still really afraid of the balor club happening because like why? It's not that I'm, I'm I'm not afraid of it happening. I'm a, because of Matt Hardy. That's why. Because I'm like, well, finally, after so long, they've given it to us. Oh no. No, no. It's gonna... Here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's three of them, so it's it's the shield thing. We're like, Gallows yeah. and Anderson didn't have enough enough pull backstage because like they came in thinking they were apparently they thought they were too big for them. They were like, yeah, we're like legitimate. And WWE was like, what you did, the Jerry Lawler, what you did before this doesn't matter. 
And so, like, yeah. whenever they were like, yeah, we're actual we're good wrestlers, they're just like, fuck, you haven't done anything here. These people are our people. And, like, that's yeah. why they were jobbed out and whatever. But they people still liked them. They were still like, oh, okay, they were still doing well on social media. So, like, now Finn adds legitimacy to, to Gallows and a- Anderson. Gallows and Anderson add personality to Finn. Combined, they're, like, the shield, but more entertaining. Um, Not to mention, I feel like the three... I feel like the three man like group is working very, been working well in the past years. You had Wyatt family, you had the Shield, the Miztourage, surprisingly enough, where they were just like, uh, fuck it, it's three guys, so obviously they're gonna be over, right? No, they're not though. Bo Dallas looks like Johnny Depp in Blow. We can't really discuss much. <laughs> listen, oh, I'm, man. listen, I'm I'm proud of crazy conspiracy theorist Bo Dallas. I wish him all the best. God, I love how crazy that motherfucker is. Um, can we just say, like, Jason Jordan. I hate him, obviously, but I feel like they're doing something very interesting with him. And it's the same thing they did interesting in love to Bo Dallas when he was in NXT. Because when Bo was in NXT, John Cena was getting the heaviest, like, Cena sucks chance. And I think at that point they decided, well, what do they hate about Cena? They hate that he's this smiley baby face who waves and thinks everyone loves him when no one does. And they took that and they put it on Bo Dallas. Now I think they're taking everything people hate about Roman Reigns, the fact that uh, he's basically destined to get gold, the fact that uh, people hate him despite of his family, the like all of this, and they're putting it on Jason Jordan, which I think is a very interesting way to build a heel. The problem is they have him right against the person they're actually booing, which is Roman Reigns. Right next to him. Oh, yeah, it's 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 amazing. Um, and... Uh, it's sad this, because I, 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 I've I've heard from a couple of people like this is the period of time where like the WW like the, the WWE has finally broken their spirit and they're just like walking away from the product. <laughs> like they're oh, just no. like I can't I can't I can't stand Roman Reigns anymore. Brock Lesnar shows up once every three weeks. Roman Reigns is like talking about how he's the big dog and he's beating Samoa Joe who hasn't gotten his due yet. And they're just like I'm done. And they, they're yeah. just like they're just piecing out. And I was just like yes. Come to to Japan. Come to Japan with me, brothers. Eight-man tag matches as far as the eye can see, and every (laughs) one of them is better than a Bo Dallas match. Dude, I feel bad. Like, Jason Jordan is so bad, I'm starting to get on Roman's side. Because they are getting... Basically, they're making Roman, the audience, reacting to Roman. So Roman is looking at Jason like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Meanwhile, the audience is looking at Roman like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? It's a very good, like... But uh, going back to WWE taking something and smashing us over the head with it, it, I found, like, there's one guy who that... He's the ACDC of WWE, and that they can play the same song with this guy over and over and over, and I'll still love him. And no, it's not Elias Sampson. It is fucking Braun Strowman. Because Braun Strowman's shown nothing besides, I am real strong. Yeah, okay, you're a strong yeah, guy. No, no. He's, no. He's, he's, no, he's he's 90s Kane. Yeah, he, well, he's which is, beyond. Which is ironic, because he's facing 2010s Kane, which is like a shell of 90s Kane. Largely yeah. due to the lack of steroids. And I just love the fact that they were like, okay, well, he's picked up an ambulance. That's pretty, wh- what can we do? Beyond that, you still got that grappling hook? Yeah, why? This fucker's about to tear down the whole set. Damn it, Greg. You're getting fired for this one, but we're gonna do it. Yay! One of my friends came up with the idea that uh, Dean Ambrose is sitting at home just like, Renee? Renee, how did he get my grappling hook? Renee, get my grappling hook back from him. Like, that's, there are certain things, like, when I think about watching WWE with someone who does not know the product, and having to explain away certain things, it's really hard to explain away, why is there just this James Bond grappling hook backstage in a suitcase? Like, uh, 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 fuck, I don't know, actually. So I don't know why there are chairs underneath the ring, I don't know why the tables are so easily breakable. There's a lot I don't know about this, but I love it. 
I'm actually kind of sad to hear that Ares went back to, to Impact. I was kind of hoping he would go back to Ring of Honor. Now I'm actually yeah. sad. That, that that realization is dawning on me. Like, I knew he had do- gone and done Defiant, like, formerly What Culture Pro Wrestling in England. Yeah. But, like, I'm sure he saw that. I was like, cool, so these guys are rebranding. They have some money I can get in on. I can be, like, help help start this new company. But I was really hoping he'd go back to, like, Ring of Honor. And they could right. be like, hey, look, it's Austin Aries. Like, WWE wouldn't give him his due, but this dude's world champion caliber. Yeah. See, with me, like, Aries had the same, it was the same as the Jimmy Jacobs situation, which is, I was like, oh, hell yeah, they're going to go everywhere, they're going to do everything, it's going to be fantastic. And then they show up at TNA, and I'm like, what? What? Jimmy Jacobs is in TNA? No. He ain't shown up since. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, well, hold on, was he on the taping tonight? Because I know they haven't been using him as a wrestler. They were just like... Here's this big motherfucker. You just stand next to him, and we'll see what happens. Welcome to TNA. Oh, wow. I just looked up Jimmy Jacobs' TNA, and the only the only little bit of information it's giving me about it is, in fact, the first video clip of him at Bound for Glory last November. <laughs> like, they were just like, ah, it'll be fine. Uh, let's it, People will assume where he is. We'll be good. Yeah. Then, then they moved back out of Canada, and uh, it's... wait, is that it? Okay, what the fuck, TNA? They were so bad that Canada kicked them out. Correct. Probably because they didn't want to have to deal with uh, with oh uh, visa issues for American wrestlers. Oh yeah, I could see that, but now they're in Florida again. Yes, <laughs> again, yeah. I was actually Which... kind of ho- hoping for them. I was like, great, Canada really needs like a a good televised thing, like they get some good Canadian talent. There's like you know, there's the there's Evil Uno and like Stu Grayson up there, and there's like yeah. all these people. Mike Bailey can show up, like they can really do stuff in Canada, and they were just like, lol, just kidding, we're back. And I was like, Evil fuck, Uno man. would be Evil Uno would be dope as hell there. Yeah, exactly. Like Evil Uno is a guy who I think just has not gotten his due. Oh, it's because when he, he... It's because it's because his his visa's suspended. Him and Stu Grayson and Mike Bailey and like every good Canadian indie wrestler you know of is banned from the United States. Is there a story behind this? Or... No, they all just showed up. They all just showed up to work and they didn't have work visas because the U.S. says if you show up as a professional wrestler, you have to be a work. Like, you have to have a work visa to do it. And if you don't, then they consider it like illegally working in the country and they ban you for like three years. Jesus Christ! What? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I- I'm looking right now at exactly how Ares won the title, and I thought it might have been like Ares comes out at the beginning of the show, then to end the show you would have uh, a match between Ares and Eli. Here hold is on, the exact... Before you, before, you say, before you say anything, let me let me guess. Um, Ares came out at the beginning of the show, impromptu match, uh, sub-five-minute schoolboy roll-up win. You're close. Damn it. Was not, it was not at the beginning. This was in the middle of the show. Like, this was sandwiched between a tag match between Moose and Johnny Impact and Alberto and EC3... And then uh, another tag match. Eli what Drake was the other Chris... tag match? What had to follow that? Was it Taiji Ishimori uh, versus, like, some other... Yeah, it was Taiji Ishimori and Matt Seidel versus uh, Raju and El Hijo del Fantasma. And uh, so Eli Drake and Why Chris Why should Adonis... anyone care about Impact? There's nothing to give a fuck about. Yeah. Uh, Chris Adonis out celebrating the life of Eli Drake. Austin Aries is back to challenge Eli Drake. Austin Aries takes offense to Eli Drake, saying he was the greatest man to ever live. Chris Adonis attacks Aries. Eli calls a ref. The match begins. Eli Drake versus Austin for the world title. Aries wins. That's it. And then to end the show, Johnny Impact pins EC3 to become number one contender. So you have your big baby face Johnny Impact, who still has the dumbest name, Taking on your returning former world heavyweight champion for no apparent reason. The fuck impact? Lol impact. Lol, lol impact. That's the only way we can even like get through impact is just like, wh- wow, really? Really? That's what you're going to go for right now? Is just bringing in, mm-hmm. bring in Aries, which I, I'm fine with. That... It's not going to give them anything new, but it's going to give them something interesting. 
Like, oh well, the, here's an old classic. Let's pl- bring this one out again. Listen, t- but the- like, Impact Impact is the king of no build up. They're all like, here's a match. Here's a really good match. Here's another match. Here's like a little bit of backstory. No build match. Yeah, like they are the. And then if they do have a big build up, it will almost always be disappointing. Like mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes and Moose, where Cody just kind of stopped halfway through. I think he just left halfway through the promo or through the uh, match rivalry. It was just like, uh, okay, guys. That was the end of my dates. I told you I had ten dates. Yeah, and you just didn't bother building things up properly. Uh, good work, guys. Oh, and you know where else there's some good work, Dylan? I'm not dignifying this with a response. (laughs) I just like, like, chomping on food as you're like, no, shut the fuck up. No, I don't care. Merch.aloadofpurebs.com. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Merch.aloadofpurebs.com is the only website where you can go to get the official Fight Boys merchandise. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Step up to the merch table. We got good Fight Boy shirts. We got we can let people know if you're a Fight Boy or a Fight Girl for life. You can get a shirt like that. And then, of course, we have shirts for everybody's favorite JWF professional wrestlers. We have shirts for Scotty Moore, for the Dylan, for the uh, tag team known as I... To I, we have amazing shirts only available for you over at merch.aloadofpurebs.com, including a shirt that I think needs to be updated. Because I think the Dustwatch shirt just says like 20. Oh, wow. I just Googled Dustwatch and all I got was dust monitoring equipment. Um, I, I feel like the Dustwatch shirt needs to be updated because I think it still says 2017. And we, oh wait, no, 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 just the name of it is hashtag Dustwatch2017, so, yeah, I have to change that to 2018, but... No, you should still mail him a shirt to his, like, P.O. box that says Dustwatch2017. No, and no, it's like the Kevin Owens shirt where it had the KO and duct tape, except there's a piece of duct tape over the 7 and an 8 drawn on it in Sharpie. Yes. Oh, no, Uh, we're going to a ROH show, me and Blake are, in, like, February, I think. Oh, the one in Atlanta? yeah, 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 and I swear to God, Chucky better be there, because he's going to get him a Dustwatch shirt, and it's going to be super awkward of just like, hey, dog, um, you want to you wanna maybe follow us on Twitter? Which, also, in the saddest, most disappointing thing, I looked, he only follows like 180 people. He does not follow many people on Twitter. Yep. And uh, he does have like I the said, greatest... Like I said, you have a better chance of getting blocked by him. I really feel like... There's a greater, like, uh, his tweets are the best. What? Maybe I'm the strongest man to ever live. You don't fucking know. Exactly. Pro wrestling is fucking I'm so, awesome. I'm so sad that I didn't, like, he, he did the same thing he did last Wrestle Kingdom where he deleted all the tweets afterwards, so I didn't get to read them. Wait, really? Yeah, yeah last time he got drunk on, like, whiskey and watched Wrestle Kingdom, he was just tweeting out great shit, like, golden lines the whole time. And all uh, right. he deleted all of them. So I think I know what our our the first dust watch of 2018 is. Hey, at sexy Chucky T, wear them hot hashtag Wrestle Kingdom 12 tweets. Release the tw- 12 tweets. Release the tweets. Hashtag dust watch 2018. Please follow us. Speaking of Wrestle Kingdom, uh, it was uh, it was a pretty good show, pretty good. I had a, I, now I, they I, told me there was some indie indie show going on in Japan, and I I, I guess you I, I assume you got some sort of st- illegal stream to watch it. Yeah, yeah, you know the only that's the only way you could possibly watch. Exactly. No, I got mad. One of my uh, one of my friends, uh, fellow podcast fellow podcaster Justin Robert Young, he went to Wrestle Kingdom. He didn't just like watch it. He was just like, oh, we're going to Japan, and then we're going to go see Wrestle Kingdom. And I was like, oh, I'm going to end your life. I hate you. Oh, that's what Liesl and I are planning on doing next year. Oh, yeah? Potentially. Would, well, I mean, it might not be Wrestle Kingdom. It might be Wrestle Kingdom. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that wouldn't be bad. Uh, like, I wouldn't mind it. I still have my PWG that I need to get to, though. Although, I don't know if PWG is kind of like NXT. It's kind of fizzled out, I think. Is it still no, going just, hard? It is. It's just they don't have that many shows. Like, yeah. So you don't hear about them until they have a show, and then everybody's just like, "Did you see that last like All Star Weekend? Holy fuck! Like, Mystery uh, Vortex is, I think, like 
not this weekend, but next weekend. Oh, okay, dude. And you know they'll vortex. have somebody show up there, and you'll be like, "Holy fuck! Oh my god!" Like something, something amazing will happen. Yeah, let's see what what happened last All Star Weekend. Uh, let's see. Meanwhile, uh, would you like to give your full review of Wrestle Kingdom of just how how much your mind was blown? Um, not as much as last year. I didn't get to watch it live this year because I work mornings. So for the first time in four years, I couldn't watch Wrestle Kingdom live. Um, yeah. And I feel like that takes away some of it because, like, I'll, like you never really come across spoilers no matter how hard you try. And I couldn't watch it to the next day because of personal stuff. So by that point, it had been, like, over, like, been, like, 36 hours. And there was no way. So, like, somebody had already, like, like I'd already seen something, like, just scrolling through non-wrestling-related media. Because, yeah. like, no matter what I have, I know somebody who's done wrestling. And they're just like, oh, look. Like, it was the New Year Dash spoilers that got me. Like, and people oh, were, yeah. like, wouldn't spoil Wrestle Kingdom, but, like, the, the event the next day, they were just like, hey, uh, Jay White challenged, or, uh, like, like just denied Kenny Omega's offer to join Bullet Club, and he's going to be challenging for the U.S. title. I was like, that just ruined four matches at once. Like, <laughs> like, you guys just ruined, like, four parts of the show. Yeah. Goddamn all of you. But, no, it was a, it was a, it was a pretty good show. The Bucks put on a really good match with, uh, with Rapungi, uh, Rapungi 3K, um, Evelyn Sonata, Put on this great like, like Japanese like babyface like yeah. match against um, uh, Lance Archer and uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr. Like cause yeah. they were playing like the whole "fuck you" Japan like we're giant white guys thing. Oh, that's great! Like they hit their finisher in like the <clears throat> first minute of the match, their tag team finisher, and like went for a pin, got broken up. They were beating the shit out of them the whole time, but like they the. Uh, Los Ingobernables like came back, won it. Um, yeah. it was all really, it was all pretty good. The Jay White Tanahashi match wasn't great, like, but I, you knew it wouldn't be because Tanahashi's hurt and Jay White is just getting there. Like, he didn't have enough behind him for the crowd to be invested in his character. They're more invested with him now because the next day, you know, he hits his finisher on uh on Kenny like challenges him for the US title. Day after that he joins Chaos and cuts this great press conference promo where he basically says that all of Bullet Club is sucking Kenny Omega's dick and like why would you be in wrestling if you didn't want to be the best? And he's like I'm yeah. joining Chaos, but that's only to serve my own purposes. He's like he's like I will turn on all of these people when I don't need them anymore. And he's like very upfront about it. He's like yeah, the people in Chaos should challenge Omega or Okada for the title. Like it shouldn't just be the other factions. And like this, yeah. this all thing and like everybody's just like yeah, go like Jay. So like they, they he got that better but that first initial match like wasn't you know, ground shattering. Uh, Omega versus Jericho was that was the tits. Um, oh yeah. Oh, no, like they the did. They that... did. They did. I think less than like a dozen moves. Like Kenny just kept hitting knees on yeah. Omega on on Jericho. Like I, somebody once put it out there. Were like for being such a vicious strike, why does he have to hit so many of them? And I was yeah. like, ah, that's a good point. It's like hitting the Dude, knockout we... punch, but over and over again. Oh man, with me like. It... I didn't realize, like, New Japan is a big fucking deal, and I refuse to say it's not, but I didn't realize how big until I got on Twitter, on, like, my personal Twitter account, and went to, like, the moments of, like, what's trending, and it was like, Chris Jericho's still in New Japan, what the fuck's going on? And I'm like, why is this number one? This usually has, like, Donald Trump tweeting some dumb shit, Mm -hmm. but today they're just like, no, Chris Jericho's now beating up Naito, like, shit's going down, man. Yeah, and a while ago, you were like, what's a Naito? So, <laughs> And now I'm just like, oh, it's that thing that Chris Jericho fought. Yeah. All right, cool. And then the, the main event versus Naito and Omega, which was a really good match, and, like, played against people's expectations, because they all expected it to be this crowning moment for Naito, or, like, he finally, yeah. like, wins on the big stage. But I saw a great write-up where they were just like, yeah, that was the biggest moment of Naito's career. That was the fifth main event for Okada. That was Thursday for him. Like, literally, he was just like, whatever, show up, wrestle, wrestle an incredibly important match, leave. Like, yeah. So they actually told a really good story with it. I also like that, despite people being like, lol, Okada wins, like they used to be for like, lol, Tanahashi wins, like, New Japan is the opposite of the WWE. Like, the WWE constantly pushes this, like, how will this person beat the odds, like a shonen? Like, yeah, like, but they try to like point it from like the kid's perspective, but like, you know, it's the 
It's the uh, like the Mary Sue. They're like, oh, this person's just incredible, and of course they'll win. Whereas New Japan, like the wrestlers are the odds. Like Okada is never fighting the odds. He is the odds. If you fight Okada, like you are. That congratulations. Yeah. That's the biggest match of your life. Like same with Tanahashi. Like, and I, it's refreshing because this Wrestle mm. Kingdom, they were just like, nope, that guy. That guy was really fucking good. Like that guy that you all loved couldn't beat him. Like that's how good he is. Yeah. So while you were discussing this, I went to R squared Circle because I realized there was not a lot of wrestling news until I found the greatest news story of my life, which is about a man trapped in a toilet. Oh, yeah, Heath Slater got trapped in an airplane toilet last week. <laughs> Heath Slater got trapped Curtis, in an airplane Curtis toilet. Curtis Axel filmed it, put it on Instagram. That's how good That's... of a friend Curtis Axel is. Oh, my favorite. This was written up in the New York Post, and at one point, Axel goes, don't let him out, he's a vicious animal. <laughs> yep. God, Curtis, you asshole. <laughs> I lo- uh, apparently Slater goes, I locked it, then I went to unlock it, the knob came off, and I'm like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> I mean, like, the thing with, I could see him in that situation, is that weird? Yeah. I could see his reaction to that situation, like, perfectly. The, the, oh, the handle falls off, and he's like, I got kids. <laughs> I got kids, I gotta get out of here. Oh, gee, Squared Circle just trolled me something awful because, you know, uh, uh, the leader, like, announcing the all-in show. Yeah. And all over Twitter is like the, I'm all-in from the Young Bucks. I'm all-in from Marty. And they have the image with it, which is just them next to the words all-in. Well, Squared Circle has a post up right now, and it just says, all-in. And next to it is a picture of the great Kali. And I'm like, yeah. oh, no, pl- I-, I don't need that. I don't need that right now. It's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting, like leading up to September. But like, there's oh like, yeah, there's that's that's eight months. Yeah, and, it's, and it's, it's, there's gonna be this great speculation of like, okay, who else can you get? Because the Bucks are friends with like a large portion of the indie scene. Like the Bucks could yeah. call almost anybody. Kenny, Cody, Marty could all call somebody. And be like, hey, so they could pull from almost any country. But it's gonna be really interesting to see because I'm pretty sure. September is after the Daniel Bryan contract ends. Yeah, I'm fairly sure they planned that. Yeah. Um, and then, it, and then, I, and then, and then it's also they've they, the Bucks have been teasing their like connection to to Punk for like years yeah. now, and it's just gonna be like there's just gonna be this like oh oh is it gonna be it and people are gonna be like speculation buying tickets. Oh, you mean what I'm going to be doing? As long as it's on East Coast, I'm going to that fucking show. I don't give a shit. I'll be like, all right, we're going to find a way in. I don't know what, how, I don't know in what way. I will Blues Brothers my way into this bitch. I'll sneak on stage. <laughs> I'll have Blake sing Minnie the Moocher so I can get to a front row seat. I don't care. Oh, man. So, Enzo Amore. I, I, I usually try to come up with a good like way to transition, but Enzo, Enzo Amore is becoming the my favorite thing to listen to as he becomes my least favorite wrestler. Oh, it's okay. Because he's he, injured now. I'm pretty sure he shoot like fucked up his own leg. Oh yeah. Well, I really enjoy. Did you see the inter? Well, I guess probably not. The interview he did with Corey Graves on Straight to the Source. It's well, he um. Said he didn't need the bus. He can just get his own bus because he's that rich. No, it's better than that. Firstly, they are setting up the greatest WrestleMania main event of all time, which is in fact Corey Graves versus Enzo Amore. I don't care how many concussions Graves has. I need that match to happen. But also, um, there were a few good things for him to that he's like he was talking about big casts and stuff like that. Um, I wish him nothing but the best. Am I gonna do business with him? Uh, that's one thing, but no thing. How many times do I have to tell you that? Me and him don't talk anymore. But I wish him nothing but the best. Like, apparently he has got heat with fucking Cass for getting his leg broke. Or he's, or it's just a kayfabe interview. I, well, I'm, I'm hoping that's what it is. Because it got even better when he was just like, well, let's go back to the European tour. When you got kicked off a fucking bus by Roman Reigns. Uh... Could you tell us your side of it? I didn't get kicked off a bus. Multiple reports say, I didn't get kicked off a bus. 
How could you get kicked off a bus? I gotta go somewhere. The bus is taking me there. How could they kick me off of it? Well, there are other ways you could get... No! No, I didn't, I didn't get kicked off of no bus. Never got kicked off a bus. The bus is there to take me from A to B. If I'm not at B, they're not gonna take me off the bus. And Graves is staring at him with just the biggest, like, you asshole look on his face. And it is my favorite thing of all time. Corey Graves is becoming the top babyface in WWE for dealing with this interview with Enzo. I think my favorite thing was yesterday whenever you, it was the SmackDown stuff and they were just like, like, uh, Alabama, g- give me a hallelujah. And, <laughs> and, uh, Brent Byron's just like, hallelujah, not you, Byron. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I was, uh, I was playing 2K18 on my Twitch stream. Uh, it was like Monday, I think. And someone joined me that did not know wrestling. They just like hanging out. And at one point, I had the commentary going, and they've made it surprisingly accurate in that every, like, five seconds on commentary, Corey Graves will talk shit on Byron Saxton. And I look down at my chat at one point, and they go, are these, like, the real WWE commentators? And I go, yeah. They go, why does that guy hate Byron so much? What's wrong with Byron? And I'm just like, well, you know, it's whatever. Oh, man, I'm just now going through and trying to look up even funnier shit going on in the Enzo interview. Holy shit. He took a... He ended up talking about last... You remember last year when uh, Corey Graves talks about failing as a father? Failing as, his fa- as a father because his son was doing the uh, Enzo dance? Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that they brought that up as well, apparently. Okay, here is the exact quote from Enzo about the bus. How could you kick someone off a bus? How am I going to get from point A to B? No, because if that's the case, you wouldn't have seen me on the next show. Am I correct? Because I got to go from point A to point B. And they have to provide those accommodations. Because we work for a Fortune 500 company. So it's impossible to kick me off a bus, okay? So they ain't stupid and neither am I. They're not going to put themselves in jeopardy by not providing transportation to one of their biggest stars. If I can't get from point A to point B, not on a bus, how am I getting there? How could you kick me off of some place? You can't kick me out of some place I don't want to be. And I'm like, oh, damn, Enzo. In other news, uh, Nia Jax got burned like a motherfucker by Liv Morgan on Twitter. Because, you know, Liv used to, uh, Liv was the unfortunate ex-girlfriend of Enzo Amore, which means she had some bad judgment for a while. And, uh, Alexa went to Twitter and, in like, basically was insulting Lo- Damn it, my- shit, my fucking Amazon Echo's going off. So, uh, a certain individual on Twitter whose name would trigger my Amazon Echo tweeted to Liv Morgan, Pink pigtails, where have I seen that before? Liv Morgan says- Nowhere, because they're purple, which is not a good comeback. And then Nia joins the uh, the fray. Don't trip, bestie. You're the top of the mountain. Imitation's bound to happen. You're untouchable with what you have done. Let her have the scraps. And then Liv just goes, uh, I think actually you want my scraps. Mm. Oh, man, Twitter beef is my favorite thing of all time. Oh, no. Okay, so the Mixed Max Challenge is slowly beginning becoming my favorite thing of all time because apparently the new day to prep Carmella for uh being their tag team partner has forced her to eat 100 pancakes in a row which just sound like someone's weird fetish and I'm sorry mm-hmm. for bringing up here's the here's the real question I haven't seen the video yet is she wearing her ring gear of like that like that singlet while she's doing it? Oh, Dylan, you're not only good at predicting pay-per-views, you're good at predicting videos, because yes, she is, in fact, in that weird singlet, uh, with just, like, an inappropriately large amount of pancakes in front of her. Okay, then that is, in fact, somebody's finish. <laughs> I'm guessing Big E's. If I had to, if I had to put a name to it, if I had to... By the way, they did a Twitter poll for, like, who, who, the, who the fans wanted to be, like, a person's partner. Big E was, like, the runaway person for Carmella. Oh, no shit, yeah. Uh, Pornhub.com, two big studs force woman to down 100 pancakes. <laughs> yeah. 500, 500 likes. Oh, 500 likes. I'm, uh, 
I'm still I'm still waiting for the time or the promo that Biggie cuts when he tells his opponent that he'll be his uh, his, his daddy and his uncle. I'm waiting for that <laughs> promo. I'll be a daddy. Oh, and your uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, my fa- like you know you can walk around backstage in 2K18. Yep. My favorite thing in the world is talking to Big E cuz everyone else has like this work hard and go to the top or if they're a bad guy like join the authority. They're going to be what you need. Big E at one point I swear to god just goes, "What's up, man? I was looking at your booty earlier and uh well not your booty. No, no, like I was just looking at You think I was staring at your ass? That's it. That is the whole conversation you have with Big E. And like he has that's all he'll say is just weird shit like that him and Bray Wyatt are the only two who kind of stay in character Bray will be like I want you to go out and decimate your opponent tonight with the will of will of the buzzards behind you and your character will legitimately be like the fuck are you talking about I don't understand but okay I guess we're gonna move on. Moving on. And speaking of moving on, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to move on to talk about Patreon.com slash Fightboys. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Patreon.com slash Fightboys is the only website where you can go to support these good Fightboys right here. And, of course, we do have some perks for you all relating to that amazing, fantastic, the greatest wrestling organization in the world in Birmingham, Alabama, the JWF. For just $1 a month, ladies and gentlemen, we will bring you into the JWF. Your name will be said, you will be shown, and you will promptly get jobbed out. But if you want more than that, if you want to go beyond, donate $5 like my father, like Guy Fieri, like all the greats, and you'll be a JWF mid-carder. We'll put you on pay-per-views, put you on shows. Hell, you may even become a champion. But, of course, if you want to be the king, if you want to be the man with that gold on your around your waist, if you want to be a JWF champion, then ladies and gentlemen, $30 at patreon.com slash fightboys will give you that golden belt, but that's only available if you donate, donate, donate over at patreon.com slash fightboys, which uh, Dylan brings me to an interesting Patreon donation we had. Wait, you had a Patreon it, donation? Well, it was in an excessively large amount of cash from a uh, a man who was initially anonymous, and then after I, I accepted it, he did reveal himself as owner of the JWF Captain Tibbs. God and Captain- damn it, you actually made me think that we had received an actual Patreon donation. You fuck up. <laughs> and unfortunately, well, God Captain damn T- fuck Trumpet. And Captain Tibbs has unfortunately apparently not been enjoying the way we've been presenting JWF. So he has actually purchased the third segment of the show. So from here on out, ladies and gentlemen, it's not going to be us discussing the JWF. No, no, no. We're going to send it over to everybody's favorite JWF commentators, Silver Spoon, and the owner of the JWF himself, Captain Tibbs. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to JWF War, now officially on the Fight Boys podcast. Tibbs, how could you, how'd you do this? Well, you see, they have this fun little, this little web thingy called Patreon. And if you pay money, you get stuff. So I paid a lot of money, and I got us in the box. But Tibbs, where did you get that? We don't have much money. Don't worry about it. We got six less wrestlers now, but it's okay. (laughs) Well, well, Tibbs, let me tell you something. That's that's not the best thing to hear ahead of... This month's Regal Wrestle pay-per-view, Regal Rumble, whatever you want to call it, because, of course, we are going to have many men enter that ring, 20 men enter the ring to determine who's going to go on to face the JWF champion at Palooza, the greatest shindig of the year. Are you excited for it, Tibbs? So totally excited, and nothing worth to worry about. Those 20 superstars, they're going to be in the ring. I also realized that I was still paying the VWO some back checks. Ah, that's understandable, Tibbs. But of course, they may go on if they win that match to face Blake Tanner, a man who on last week's episode of JWF War was horribly attacked by the Dylan, a a vicious, vicious assault by the Dylan onto the groin of Blake Tanner. Of course, last week, Blake had to be sent to intensive care after that assault was done onto his dick. But Blake Tanner is Mm -hmm. back this week. 
Of course, you making the match where he takes on Canada Charlie, the man uh, who has the second win, the opportunity to re-enter the Regal Rumble match, and of course, a man who is your son, uh, just seeking allegedly, allegedly your son, and uh, Blake Tanner is facing off against Canada Charlie after the two had a little war of the words last week, and it looks like these two men are starting off against each other. Blake Tanner. Fortunately, limping in this match, Blake Tanner does not look like he's feeling too good after last week's assault. Meanwhile, Charlie mm -hmm. making is Charlie actually making fun of Blake Tanner. Let me tell you something: Dick assault is not something to make fun of. I don't know why Charlie's doing this. It's oh, a very Blake serious Tanner, matter. Yeah, and Blake Tanner's not happy about it either. Grabbing Canada Charlie into a flurry of punches and vicious kicks, but wait. Oh my gosh, Canada Charlie grabbing the leg of Blake Tanner, dropping to the ground, hitting a big dragon corkscrew, tearing that the ligaments that were just repaired last week of Blake's groin area. Blake does not look like he is happy right now, and Charlie is taking advantage of that, putting the boots to Blake Tanner. Now Charlie climbing to the top rope. Could he be going for it? A move we actually haven't seen Charlie pull out in a while. It looks like he's going for the maple drop, but Blake Tanner jumping up. <laughs> Tossing Canada Charlie down, and oh, what's Blake going for here? Looks like he's climbing onto that turnbuckle himself, and picking up Charlie. Is he going for? Is he going for a superplex? But wait! Oh my God, Canada Charlie picking up Blake and crotching him on that top rope. Let me tell you something. Blake's dick has been taking some punishment in these recent. I mean, Tibbs, how can you even act in a match when that the holiest of the holies is damaged? Let me tell you something. You're going to have to put it in a nice big old sling. Yep. And you're going to have to hope for the best. Well, I have been told that Blake does have some KT tape on that dick. Keeping it, <laughs> keeping it all nice and aligned. Meanwhile, it looks like Canada Charlie climbing back up. And as he, oh, hits it. That big leg drop known as the maple drop from that top rope down onto Blake Tanner goes for the pin. I think this may be it. One. Two. Oh, and Blake Tanner kicks out. Amazing resiliency from Blake Tanner, even after everything that's been done to him. And Charlie, Charlie looks shocked. I don't think he's ever had anyone kick out of the maple drop before. Meanwhile, Blake making oh, it to his feet. Blake Tanner just making it to his feet, staring <laughs> down Canada Charlie. Charlie's that's why he's a like champion. He, Charlie looking down like he's trying to apologize, but oh! Big knife-head chops from Blake Tanner taking Charlie into the corner. I mean, you can hear that all the way over here, Tibbs. The viciousness of these moves that Tanner's putting on him. And it looks like Blake is actually taking him. And he hits a oh, big spinning heel kick, tossing Charlie into the ropes. And it looks like he's setting up for that big B-stomp, that vicious move. But wait, is that? It's the Dylan. Blake Tanner's rival, the number one contender, the Dylan, has entered the ring. I mean, who knows what he's gonna do? Staring down Blake uh. Tanner, but wait. Oh my god! He punts, <coughs> punts Canada Charlie in the dick. The bell has rang, and ladies and gentlemen, Blake Tanner has just lost to Canada Charlie. It may have been by disqualification, but ladies and gentlemen, in the rule books, Blake Tanner is now gonna have a loss to Canada Charlie. How do you think that's gonna affect him? You know what? When it comes to disqualifications, we usually throw those out in the end. But this is just, this is disgraceful. This is, I'm actually reading the rule books right now. I have okay. a rule book. Oh, but wait. Looks like Dylan is actually continuing to, he's now beating up Blake Tanner. Just hitting him with upper dicker after upper dicker. Millions oh. of vicious moves all taking out. Blake Tanner's dick. This can't feel, Tibbs. Tibbs, where are you going? Where are you going, Tibbs? <sighs> All right, all right, listen here. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of all of this, Mr. Dillon. Your dick assaults and your your penile punishment has gone too far, young man. Look, I'll be the first to admit it. I thought it was real funny at first, you coming out here, smashing some dicks every week. But now, now, you put my champion in intensive care. You racked up Tibbs thousands of dollars in hospital bills that I was very glad to pay for my champion. He's a good boy. And when I started, I started to see things a little differently after that, though. Especially when somebody brought this to my attention. Dylan, these are the official rules of 
professional wrestling. I admittedly should have read these a long time ago. This is the Bible for any self-respecting wrestling promoter that I've actually never read or seen until tonight. Now, personally, I think I was using this to prop up my coffee table, but uh, it's actually a very interesting read. And in fact, there's something in here called a low blow. So it turns out that every match that you've won, every, every competition that you won using that upper dicker of yours was a little bit illegal. As a matter of fact, it was a lot illegal. It was very illegal. Um, so, do you know what that means? It means Tibsy over here could overturn every single one of your victories in the past. I could make all the records, all the records under the Dylan just go away. Poof. Boom. Nothing but a little bit of dog shit, you hear? Hell, I could even take your name away from the record of JWF champions. But Tibbs is a fair man. Now, apparently. And uh, he's not going to do that. See, you've got my respect before for being a crazy motherfucker. And I really think we need that in the JWF. You just can't be a crazy motherfucker that punches people in the dicks from anymore. All right? So from now on, your moves, the dick handle slam, the sick dick kick, and definitely that upper dicker are all banned. So says Tips. Oh my god, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, oh, Dylan does not look happy about this. He's going crazy in the ring. It looks like he was actually about to hit another upper dicker on Blake, but stopped himself because, of course, uh, Tibbs, the punishment for another upper dicker, it would be astronomical in something like this, wouldn't it? Probably should have probably should have made that clear a few moments ago. He will be fired. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. So, Tibbs, an absolutely amazing show of force from you right now. And kind of shocking to see coming from you. I'm kind of even more shocked you haven't read the rules, but uh, it's whatever. But, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to move on to talk about something else. The Regal Rumble pay-per-view in just a few short weeks ladies and gentlemen the regal rumble is coming and it is not coming alone because we have had returns of amazing jwf superstars we've had some of our greatest champions aim for a spot in the regal rumble but of course we of course have the youngins the youngins in jxt our developmental territory where we gave them an opportunity to something i think was extremely generous of you you set up a tournament where eight JXT superstars would face off against one another, and whoever won that tournament, well, they would go on to get in that Regal Rumble and have the opportunity to uh, actually win the JWF title if they happen to win the Rumble. I, th I think that was a good decision from you, Tibbs. Mm-hmm. Here it is. Everybody on equal footing. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. And the winner of that tournament, AJ Steele. He is actually backstage right now with uh, one of our top interviewers, fresh out of the hospital, Honeypot, finally showed back up. And Honeypot has an interview with A.J. Steele. Let's have a listen. Hello, Honeypot's Mick. Please make the pain stop. I am coming for you here tonight. And ladies and gentlemen, I am standing here with the JXT standout star, A.J. Steele. Now, AJ, on a recent episode of JXT, you won a tournament guaranteeing your spot in the Regal Rumble match. Would you like to say anything to the JWF universe after such an amazing victory? All right, you want me to say something? You want me to talk to him? Look, look, are these cameras on? All these cameras, because I don't want to say nothing. I just want the JWF universe to get a look at what a real man looks like. You see that? 240 pounds, barrel chest, all muscle. And if you got a problem with AJ Steele, we can solve it in the ring. <laughs> ah, now I see that you mention your physique quite a bit. Um, has anything contributed to your building this very vascular body of steel? The body of steel. You want to know what goes into this body? You want to know the work it takes? You want to know how I get up every morning and eat 50 live chickens in a row? Well, if you want a body like AJ Steele, go out and pick up AJ's official, non-GMO, FDA-approved, approval-pending 
dick pills. These dick pills have been proven to increase testosterone and unleash an animal inside of you like the animal A.J. Steele. I'm a man. I like red meat. I like making children. I'm the definition of the word masculine, and at the Regal Rumble, I'm going to show the JWF universe what it means to be masculine. Old AJ's going to wake up, chew 50 of them dick pills, and wash them down with a nice bottle of bourbon. Then I'm going to eliminate 19 other men and go on to win the JWF title because I'm a man, and that's what I do. Because the only thing that makes AJ Steele's dick harder than AJ's official dick pills is the feeling of gold around my waist. Because I'm a man. I get wild. I get crazy. And I'm going to win the Regal Rumble. Okay. Back to you in the studio. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. AJ Steele, he seems excited and he seems ready to go. Tibbs, I mean, uh, of all the JXT superstars, what do you think of this AJ Steele? You know what I think? I think he didn't pay me for that fucking product placement. <laughs> well, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with AJ Steele in the future? Who knows? He may even go on to win the Regal Rumble and go on to become JWF champion. But speaking of champions, ladies and gentlemen, I, of course, want to talk about our JWF tag team champions known as I2I. Now, of course, last week, Tibbs, we had an amazing triple threat tag team match to determine the new number one contenders, where, of course, the team known as the Brunch Boys, they came out. They had an amazing showing last week, putting down the men of uh, the Rat Sension and Bananas in Pajamas. But, of course, at the end of the match, there was a little bit of anger, frustration, I guess you could say, when the Rat Sension ended up joining, aligning almost with Bananas in Pajamas to take out both the champion and the brand-new number one contender. I mean, uh, Tibbs, how, how did you feel about that? Disgraceful. Utterly, utterly disgraceful. Disrespectful. And it was a damn fine tactic. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. That's why, Captain Tibbs, you have set up this match where the Brunch Boys are actually going to team with their opponents at the Regal Rumble, eye to eye to take on the Rat Sension and Bananas in Pajamas, and you actually have put quite an interesting uh, stipulation on this, where whoever gets pinned in this match, whoever gets pinned, will be forced to enter at number one in the Regal Rumble, one of the hardest places to start at in the match, and you decided to put a little bit of punishment in this match. <laughs> I love me some stipulations. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It looks like Scotty Moore is beginning this match, taking on Joey Pajamas, the two locking up in the middle of the ring. Meanwhile, Scotty quickly grabbing Joey in a headlock, walking over to their corner, tagging in his tag team partner, Scott Moore, and the two men with a ooh, big, beautiful double suplex on Pajamas. Scott begins raining down punches onto the man known as Joey Pajamas. Joey trying to actually crawl over to his partners, but Scott picking him up with a oh big deadlift German suplex. Amazing display from Scott Moore. Now, of course, Scott Moore, a, a recent addition to JWF. Uh, what what have you thought of him so far? Scott Moore, he's he's been here for a, he's been in the business for a long time. I've fought with him. I've fought against him. He has a strong strong constitution. Big man. Hard to get him off of his game. That's right, and it looks like he's actually trying to get a pin on Joey Pajamas, but ooh, Joey kicking out it too. <laughs> Scott dragging him back over to his corner. It looks like Guy Fieri's going for that tag, but wait. Oh my God, Scott Moore actually tagging in his son, Scotty Moore, instead. Eye to eye, it almost seems like they're trying to keep the Brunch Boys out of this, trying to handle the match on their own. What do you make of this, Tibbs? You know what? Eye to eye, I think they're pretty powerful guys. Scotty Moore, Scotty Moore deserves to have gold around his waist all the time. Scott Moore, Scott Moore, one of the strongest in the business. But I think as a father-son duo, they can get a little bit overconfident. That's right, and it looks like they're trying to work over Joey in the corner, but wait. Oh, brunch boy Baron Corbin tagging himself in. I don't know what the, I, I guess Baron was trying to take matters into his own hands, get his team in the match. Eye to eye staring at him, confused. And actually, it looks like the teammates are now arguing over this the tactics that Ida I have been implementing in this. But unfortunately, it looks like that's given time for Joey Pajamas to make it to his feet with a ooh, 
big clothesline on Baron Corbin, taking him down. Meanwhile, it looks like the Rat Sinchin have run around the ring to take out the rest of Baron's team. Eye to eye, Guy Fieri, they've all go da gone down as Joey tags in his cousin, Johnny Bananas. The two hitting a big, beautiful double clothesline to take down the brunch boy. Johnny going for a pin, but Baron kicking out at two. Johnny going to tag in Connor. It looks like the... You know, that's just something I don't think I would have seen. It looks like the team of uh, Bananas and Pajamas, uh, the Rat Sinchin, they're working together better than the champions are. I mean, I don't understand this. You know, the champions, they're the champions for a reason. They're the best of the best in the business right now. And I think, once again, I think that's going to lead them to thinking they can take it all on themselves. They can take on all challengers at all times. And unfortunately, that's led to this. Looks like Connor's trying to go for a powerbomb on Brunch Boy. But, ooh, Baron jumping over, quickly jumping and tagging in. Guy Fietti spearing Connor to the ground. A big, beautiful spear from Fietti. But unfortunately, it looks like eye to eye. Eye to eye aren't even on the apron anymore. They're actually just sitting at ringside. They're not even joining their team right now. It's kind of offensive, you could say, what they're doing. I could say that. It's not a tactic you'd expect. They're they might be they're going a little bit against what old Tibbsy expected, and Tibbs does not like new things. <laughs> That's right. Meanwhile, Baron's actually coming down to argue with eye to eye as Connor, wait, Connor goes for a roll-up on Fietti. Oh, but barely gets his shoulder up at a two count. Ladies and gentlemen, that would have been good for Guy Fietti. Guy Fietti's strength has never been his endurance. And to be that man to last against 20 other men in the Regal Rumble, I don't know if Fietti could have done it. Meanwhile, it looks like mm. the rest of Connor's team have actually run, chasing after Brunch Boy. But wait! Baron hits a double clothesline on Bananas in Pajamas and lands a ooh, big brunch of days on Victor. I don't know if it's his rage at eye to eye or what, but Baron just took out three men at once. Meanwhile, Connor picking up Fietti, going for a rat attack, but Fietti reverses and hits a an attack of his own, the snack attack, something we haven't seen from Fietti in a very long time. Going for the pin, one, two, three. And it looks like Baron's actually done with Eye to Eye rolling into the ring to celebrate with his tag team partner. But wait, Eye to Eye actually have gotten in the ring and are offering a handshake. I mean, Tibbs, maybe maybe you were right. Maybe they were acting out of, out of uh, jealousy or what, but who knows? Perhaps this is an apology from Eye to Eye. The Brunch Boys slowly grabbing their hands, but wait! Scotty Moore hits a big SMG on Guy Fieri. Baron looking shocked when suddenly, oh my God, Scott Moore tossing Baron Corbin in the air, planting him with a big pop-up power bomb. Ladies and gentlemen, the champs are making it known why they are on the top of the mountain here in the JWF. Now, Tibbs, let me tell you something. I don't know if this was jealousy or what, but Ada I, Ada I think is actually afraid. Ada I maybe for the first time in their title reigns, afraid of losing those belts. What do you think? Mm -hmm. You know, for once, I think that's a smart move. Eye to eye, they got a lot of people, a lot of people targeting them. They they should feel a little bit, a little bit wary right now. They got a lot of great competition. That's right. And it looks like, uh, looks like we're going to see what the fallout from this is next week. See how the Brunch Boys react to how Eye to Eye have been acting. And of course, unfortunately, it looks like the rap boy himself, Connor, is going to be entering number one at the Regal Rumble pay-per-view. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, 20 mm -hmm. men will enter, but only one will end. But only one will leave with an opportunity to take on the JWF champion at Palooza. But who knows who... And you know what? That is. damn turncoat deserves it! Listen here, that son of a bitch, rat face, rat boy! I'm gonna oh, put you in at number one! I'm gonna have 19 men! 19 men! Take you down! For what All you right. did to my company. All right, good night. All right, Tibbs. Well, of course, ladies and gentlemen, who knows who they're going to go on to face because, of course, we are going to have the match where the Dylan takes on Blake Tanner for the JWF World Heavyweight Champion. But, of course, the landscape of that match has changed after the landmark decision to ban all dick-based offense from the master of dick Fu himself, the Dylan. So who knows what's going to happen next time on JWF Monday Night War. Uh, so, Dylan, it's been a hell of a week. What did you learn? Um, 
I learned that you can change the name, but LOL TNA is still LOL TNA. <laughs> LOL TNA is, in fact, LOL TNA. And I learned that Jason Jordan is Bo Dallas, is Heath Slater, is stuck in a bathroom. Uh, so Dylan can be found on Twitter at SexyChuckyT. Hopefully, is, oh, is wait, it ho- bad that I act? I legitimately hope that our podcast gains numbers and like I inadvertently give Chuck Taylor followers. Like that's my I, that's my sincerest goal for this podcast. Like a success for you for running it and the amount of amount of like effort you put into it. B followers for Chuck Taylor because he deserves them. I still maintain that uh, we have influenced the WWE 2K crew to include a captain's hat in the latest game because that's not been there before. But they have included a captain's hat this year. I'm pretty sure for, they uh, had the game fully developed before we started recording this thing. No, it's okay. It's okay. Um, yeah, if you told you me if fi- they'd made captain's hat DLC, it would have been like, "Fuck, you might be right." <laughs> oh man, can you wait? I can't wait for the fucking JWF DLC. <laughs> Where it's just like the Dylan, Blake, Scotty, Scott Moore, all the greats. Do they have uh, a dick punch animation? I feel like that's missing. No, unfortunately not. Uh, but of course, ladies and gentlemen, you can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo. That's S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Make sure to buy all my books on Amazon. There's Queasel Corp. It's sequel, Queasel Corp Risen, and the brand new BS versus the Gods, the brand new novel we just released, where me and Blake Tanner take on an army of Grecian gods in epic fashion. Uh, make sure if you're watching on YouTube or listening or however you are enjoying your Fight Boys experience, make sure to rate, subscribe, do all the fantastic things. We need all the feedback we can get on the show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, make sure to donate on the Patreon, do all of that amazing stuff. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, you can find us at a load of pure BS. Com. Step up to the merch table at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Donate to the Patreon. Find us on Facebook. Subscribe on YouTube. Find us on Twitter at Fight Boys Show. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life.